Welcome to episode 110. Thank you for joining us. This week, we're trying a new segment we're calling Ton Tavern Talks. For all of us who have spent time around service members, especially Marines, we know that sea stories abound. I've heard it said that the only difference between a fairy tale and a sea story is that one starts with once upon a time and the other starts with this no kidding happened. So we thought, why don't we get some of these gems immortalized on air? And what better place than a podcast called Scuttlebutt? Well, Scuttlebutt fans and fans of Scuttlebutt, Scuttlebutt you shall have. To kick off our inaugural episode of the series, we brought our own Colonel Chris Woodbridge and Sergeant Major Justin LeHue into the studio to join Vic on the panel, moderated by Nancy. What could go wrong? This was a lot of fun, and we hope to have many more Ton Tavern talks in our future. Enjoy! Hey, Scuttlebutt listeners. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm really excited. For this uh, episode, we're actually kicking off a, a new segment that we're calling Ton Tavern Talks. And so to join me in our inaugural episode, we've got the um, editor-in-chief of Gazette and Leatherneck Magazines here for the Marine Corps Association and Vice President of Professional Ve- Development, Colonel Chris Woodbridge. Hey. And we have and I, I mean this not tongue-in-cheek at all, but honestly, a Marine that we all aspire to be like um, and a godfather of the Amtrak community. Sergeant Major Justin LeHue, thank you so much for coming in. Hey, always happy to make good on those payments I made you, Vic. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think I'm in arrears. Um, so I'll uh, we'll put it on my tab, I guess. But yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So sort of the impetus behind this episode and this series is – that as anyone who's been around any service members, especially Marines, we all know that sea stories abound. And they're all a lot of fun, and they take up a ton of time where you're actually trying to get things done. So we figured, why don't we get some of the greatest sea storytellers in a room, and let's codify this, get it into the ether, and just make it a thing, and let's have a lot of fun with it. And so a couple stipulations heroism is always implied and we're talking about Marines. We're talking about sea stories. So what we're going to do is kind of veer a little bit into the outstanding, into the um, hilarious and My man. partially grotesque. No insults. If you're going to berate someone, don't use their name. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let's just have a lot of fun with this. And so I will turn it over to our moderator. Nancy Lichman, thank you for being in here to wrangle us yeah, into thanks, uh, thanks some sort of cohesive I'm a episode little afraid here. right now. I'm a little afraid. This is getting some cat hurt. You should be. Welcome to Ton Tavern Talks, everybody. Uh, like Vic said, I just want to reiterate the ground rules here. Don't implicate anyone in anything illegal. Don't insult yes, anyone by name. Um, I'm not saying don't insult anyone, just don't, don't name call them names. Up, right. uh, keep it real, but not too raunchy. And by <laughs> the way, Vic came up with these ground rules. I disagree with all of them. Um, no heroics here, only the real stories. I'm, I'm shooting for the Christmas bonus is why I did yeah. all this. Oh, nice. right, right, yeah. yeah that's, Very nice. That's, that's where we are with this. So thank you guys for being here today. I'm really excited to hear this is some, fun. This is be fun. some epic sea stories. Um, and just a little quick introduction. Justin, you and I came up with this idea sitting around drinking beers in at a, a parking, parking lot. lot in uh, Is there Chantilly. another place to drink beer? No. Okay. There's a lot. There's always places to drink beer. <laughs> 
but a parking lot outside of a detail uh, after you've walked a couple of hundred miles. Oh, it wasn't miles. for like a Piggly Wiggly or something? <laughs> no, no, it was, it was legit. It, it, was it was there. It was a hotel parking lot. <laughs> it was, and uh, it was one of those venues in which there are other people that are probably sitting inside the hotel that want to enjoy their night as well. So the Marines just take the party into the parking lot. Yep. And we're doing those people actually a favor. They just don't yeah. know that yeah. we're yeah. actually doing that. And then Nancy rolled in after the end of a very long work day, braved traffic in the National Capital Region, and, and came right, out and I saw did. us that day. Yeah. To sit in a parking lot and shoot the shit and get some good ideas. So, this all right. is a good entryway into the conversation. Yeah, yeah here we go. So I want to start with first question today for each of you. What is the most memorable Marine Corps birthday you have had? Whether it was the most fun or it's memorable because it was a total shit show. Who wants to start? Sergeant Major, please. Oh, I'll tell you. There's probably a couple. One, uh, any Marine Corps birthday in which a short person shows up in the middle of the ballroom, whether it's dressed as a leprechaun, dressed as Santa Claus, dressed as anything else, is going to be a very memorable moment for everybody. Number two is if you are hosting a ball after a combat tour in which you promised the individuals who came home from that tour, I will provide you with an epic ball. Once they come home, you have to make good on that. So Everybody on the West Coast is very apprehensive with leadership about allowing people to go to Vegas, mm -hmm. uh, especially recon battalions and that to go to Vegas. So ball number two would be taking uh, recons to Vegas after the end of a very rough deployment in 2009 in which those individuals perform magnificently. And you give a stack of cards to all the police officers, firefighters, everybody else that says, if you have a problem with any of my individuals, you call me. And we will dispatch an individual to come and pick them up. The individuals did none of that type of activity. And in the other side of the ballroom was a concert by Jimmy Buffett. No way. Who said that the Marines <laughs> were some of the best dressed people he had ever seen. Nice. And he asked if he could have permission to come into the ballroom to spend some time with the Marines no in way. the ballroom. Awesome. And the last one would have to be having a sitting next to uh, then General Waldhauser, Tom Waldhauser, as the guest of honor for a ball and have all the lights in the ballroom completely black out in the hotel, of which this is going to be bad. And I feel earlier something next to my leg crawling out from underneath the table and disappearing. And then when you see the lights on the ballroom come back up and the curtains fly open, you have the battalion commander dressed as Elvis, flanked by the S2 officer and everybody else that are wearing pimp hats and all of this, <laughs> dancing to that song, Tonto, Jamone, Jamone, Jamone. <laughs> and then have General Waldhauser look at you and go, I see you have your hands full with this command deck. <laughs> That would be some of the most memorable times I've ever had. When we go offline, I gotta get some names. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wow. I, I don't. I don't know how you're gonna top that. Oh, I'm. I'm not even gonna try to top it. I can just. <laughs> I can just build on that foundation. Uh, you know, first and foremost, if Tun Tavern talks is gonna be all about sea stories, you have to remember 
what the difference between a fairy tale and a sea story is. A fairy tale starts once upon a time. A sea story starts now. This is no shit. Yes. And uh, <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll start there and, and get in the wayback machine a little bit because this was um, most memorable ball because it was my first operating forces fleet marine force ball, brand new uh, second lieutenant. West Coast, 7th Marines, when they were still located at Camp Pendleton before we were banished into the desert. Um, <laughs> but there was a 1st Marine Division officers ball that took place down in San Diego. Nice. Just for the officers. And uh, back then we wore dress whites. Yes, absolutely. Oh, right. we had the dress that white. Was a great the dress white uniform. by Major Payne. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And so we're all... Uh, driving down there. Now the, the hotel is all booked. So we're kind of spread around the city and most lieutenants were having to stay at, you know, motel six or some, some place like that. Uh, you know, the, you know, the do drop in, uh, but we show up at the ball and uh, open bar and we'd all done prep fires shots beforehand. <laughs> A bunch of us had been down in Tijuana cause you could do that. Yeah. So we're down there drinking, uh, drinking tequila and, and, te- and soul beer. And we come back and we're, we're descending on the hotel and, and things started to happen. Strange, strange things. Um, officers of varying ranks started showing up with, uh, you know, their 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 wives or their girlfriends or their girlfriends du jour. Um, the Thirty Second Street debutantes um, coming in, and it was remarkable how how well known some of the most senior officers were. You know, when when the when the captain or the lieutenant is walking in with uh, his quote unquote date who's clearly a professional woman um, uh, and and looks at the you know the division assistant division commander or a staff principal colonel Bob yeah, good Carl. to see you <laughs> uh, dirty dagger looks from the officers wives how do you know that creature in the fishnet stockings and the nine inch stilettos hmm. so you know questions there so it get starts to get you know more and more interesting and we do all the traditional cake and food and all that, and just more, more and more booze. But I'll, I, I can wrap that one up because, again, memorable. I don't know because there's significant blackout periods. But <laughs> at some point, uh, things happen because the next day I'm waking up on the floor of a of a motel room, uh, you know, Motel Six or, or whatever it was, and my dress whites were unrecoverable. They, they yes. the, the grass stains, blood rips uh uh so what exactly happened uh may be lost to history but it was violent uh and and emotional so um lots of uh lots of fun there but but as a sergeant major said uh you know those post combat deployment balls are certainly some of the most uh meaningful and memorable and vegas uh 2005 it wasn't actually november so we were we were we we weren't able to do it, yep. uh, uh, but we did essentially a a homecoming ball for the battalion, nice. and our uh, uh, this is first battalion seventh marines at the time, and our uh, uh, Vietnam and Korea chosen reservoir vets who had been corresponding and supporting us while we were deployed uh, out in Anbar Province also came to this ball. Wow! Um, so cool. you know, corporal corporal from uh, mm-hmm. uh, Al Qaim in uh, 2004 2005, corporal at chosen reservoir, corporal uh, uh, in the ridge you know the ridge runners in Vietnam, all sitting at the same table. Uh, it's, That's it's, outstanding. It's, yeah, it's really special. It's really special and. And uh, and yeah, there, there's some drinking that goes on. And, and that was well said because it, a, a very good point on that was, 
it's not so much tied to an actual date. It's the fact that regardless of where Marines are at and regardless of the time period that Marines are, even if they were in combat at that time, there will be a bayonet cake cutting in combat uniforms on that day. But that does not mean that there will not be a larger celebration, whether it's December, whether it's anything else when they come back to actually officially get dressed up in those <coughs> uniforms and also put the fluoride in the water, like Colonel Woodward said, of <laughs> say, who lives in this region that was ever a Marine? They are invited to the family gathering. Yep. Yes. Exactly right. So... Vic, have you got a story you want to contribute, or can I move on to no, the next No, no, I, I do have one, but, okay. uh, you know, I, 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 should, I probably should have started. Batting cleanup. batting cleanup. Yeah, batting cleanup with Ooh, these two, yeah. you know, with uh, these two all-stars. Um, mine actually happened uh, in country. Uh, my most memorable one um, was in uh, Abu Hyatt in 2007. Um, we had just gotten there, so I was Advon. As the company commander, I went Advon. So I was there in September. Re a main body comes in October. So we're still sort of getting used to the AO, getting used to our Iraqi counterparts. And so now the ball comes around. And it was, um, I guess, it, this is nothing on him, so I can say his name. But uh, then Colonel Clarity, now mm -hmm. retired General Clarity, was uh, the uh, RCT1, RCT2 CO. And he said... It's the birthday. We're in country. I authorize any Marine, regardless of age, to get two beers. Yep. And so my company, Gunny, being a fantastic Marine and knowing logistics very well, puts every Marine who, like, if, I, if someone had bumped someone in the chow hall, he's a Charlie Company Marine. They're in our and unit. So every <laughs> Marine who has ever... <laughs> remotely associated with Charlie Company Third Tracks gets put on this roster. And so for the birthday, here comes this LVS with QuadCon full of beers. And they're just shoveling mm. pallets out. And we have some Marines due to religious convictions or whatever they don't want to drink. And, you know, we had the standing rule. If you're going to – obviously, if you're going out on patrol, can't participate, we'll do something for you guys later. Or if you're going to be patrolling within 24 hours of this thing, you have to wait, and we'll set your beers off to the side. Sure. But needless to say, we have way more than two per. And so we're like, well, let's make this a family thing like mm -hmm. we're talking about. We're here with the Iraqi guys. I know they're Muslim, but, you know, a lot of these dudes know out in, out in the West and not understanding a little bit about these folks. Like, let's at least invite them up. We got plenty mm -hmm. if they want to yeah. participate. So, yeah, some of the Iraqi soldiers came up. We did the cake cutting. Had some beers together. I mean, here we are in this like shitty little patrol base in the <laughs> middle of, you know, just right next to the Euphrates River south of Haditha, having a birthday celebration, kicking back some beers with Iraqi soldiers and all of us together. And it was, it was really special. That sounds really like a special. great experience. Did you take any pictures? I'm sure they're buried somewhere so, deep. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it, it's actually a perfect segue to my next question, which we talked about most memorable most memorable birthday balls. What are some of the most austere Marine Corps birthdays that you all have celebrated? That was a perfect lead-in for that, Vic. That, that it, 
it ties into everything that, that Vic does. The, the austere ones are where you know you are going to celebrate. You know the basics. There will be a reading of General Lejeune's message. Um, the, the, the KBR individuals or whoever is running chow halls know that they have to make a certain type of cake uh, for whatever forward operating base is out there because the Marines are going to – this is just what they do. And even when you enter the battle space – um, it, it, that's right up front in the, the – when you're discussing the layout of how six or seven months of this operation is going to go, believe it or not, the Marine Corps ball is planned for in the operations. It says during this time period in these mess halls or whatever, you know, there will be the steak and lobster dinner. There will be ice cream. There will be something that they're not used to almost every given day that they relate to uh, that knows that this is a very special occasion. And when you cannot gather all of those individuals together, when you are the senior leadership of those kind of situations, you can't bring 160 people to you, but you can go to 160 people. And probably some of the most memorable times that I've ever had is hitching rides on the back of LAVs, five tons, whatever is leaving a forward operating base because you are not going to commission a specific convoy to do something um, uh, of that means. You know, if you're going to put somebody on things like Route Michigan and everything else, you're doing that for a purpose. And it's and God help if you're going to be the commander or somebody that said it was running birthday cakes to, to wherever. So the way that you do that is simply that. It is you know there are convoys moving all over this AO. You know there are air that's coming in, or this is going to this base, or this is going to that base. And you know that it will mean more in the world for that individual to watch for two or three minutes an osprey land, the back end open up, and sitting in a fighting hole, having their commanding officer or their first sergeant or sergeant major, their company gunny or anybody deliver a piece of birthday cake because everybody's back at those bigger fobs celebrating and they have the extravagant layouts with all of that to just say, uh, happy birthday, Marine. And I'm going to go to the next fighting position or I'm going to go to the next fighting position or having recon Marines that are on drop zones that night and you're doing combat resupplies and so what you do is you take little um, Ziploc bags and inside the pallets that you're going to throw out of the thing, you take the Ziploc bags with birthday cake and everything else and you write a little note. This is happy birthday, Marine, and you shove those pallets out the back. And when those pallets of water or whatever get to the ground and they go over there, they see kind of a, quote, little love note that's <laughs> oh, in wow. there that says, you know, right. thanks thanks for what you're doing. And... uh We'll kick this up a notch uh, after you get off of this 14 or 15 day patrol that's out there. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, uh, resonates so much with, I think, a lot of folks' experience from operating in that, you know, kind of distributed environment, small combat outposts, uh, folks everywhere. I think every, every CO, every sergeant major uh, makes it a point that you'll balance. You know, hey, we don't, we don't want to expose folks mm-hmm. unnecessarily uh, by moving around the battle space, which is always a challenge, always uh, 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 hazardous. Um, but we're going to deliver uh, a piece of cake, you know, birthday 
birthday greeting slap on the back to every single Marine, every single place that we've got folks, you know, out through the, mm-hmm. through the hinterland. And, uh, this became, it became a major operation, mm-hmm. um, trains, planes, and automobiles. I mean, we've taken, uh, my Sergeant Major and I used, uh, used Hueys, uh, uh, to bring, to bring cake out to small, uh, uh combat outposts in, in Huseba. Uh, we used the existing patrols, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, put this on the back. Also, along with the rest of your resupply, you're getting, uh, you know, you're getting your birthday cake and all that. Um, actually to Vic's point when, uh, in, in Iraq in 2004, my, my second tour as a battalion commander, um, it, it happened, the Marine Corps birthday fell during Ramadan. Oh, and, oh wow. So, so again, with our, uh, our Iraqi uh, uh, special forces counterparts and, and other, other Iraqi interpreters, um, okay, one small accommodation. We just wait till sundown yeah. before we start having, mm-hmm. and, and they were so appreciative of that and, and respectful of what we were doing. I think they might have thought it was part of our religion, but you know, I guess it is. <laughs> I guess it is when you come right down to it. Oh, but, it uh, is. Oh, it, yeah. um, it's a cult. But the the place where it's not part of our religion per se um, is when you're on ship with the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a, a quick, uh, you know, anecdote. This is uh, mid '90s as a uh, as a company commander uh, deployed on uh, with with. Actually, the Met Company. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd been, uh, I was lucky enough to, to have that AAV platoon. Um, lucky indeed. Yes, yes. <laughs> Check under every deck plate after every Liberty Caport. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's when the birthday happens. And the thing is, as we know, the Navy birthday is, is you know, pretty close yeah, proximity. And they did absolutely yep. nothing. Yep. So that when, when it's our turn, we're saying, well, no, we're, we're doing this, 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 and this. Whether, whether you all want us to or not, um, our, you know, our... our our ship's captains, our, you know, ship's first lieutenants, the senior Navy guys just completely baffled by what we're doing. Um, but by God, we're going to do it. And, uh, you can either, you can either join in or not. Um, and, uh, you know, some, some get it, some got it, uh, some got on board, but a lot of men you just can't reach. And so there is a real, uh, uh I don't want to say divisiveness, but just a different approach to life in general that makes the Marine Corps unique. Yes. Uh, as I've said, it's some of the most bizarre behavior you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People who are not related, not the same family, have totally different birthdays, will wish, wish each other happy birthday mm-hmm. on the same day as Absolutely. if they were all, all related. And, uh, uh, you know, being uh, deployed on an amphib, uh, I think at, at best, they sort of, you know, look at you like the crazy uncle who's in, in the attic and, and let you do what you're going to do for that 24-hour period. But... Uh, but no, the, the Navy does not celebrate in this. And a lot way. of Marines no. don't understand that either. Okay, so so how they're groomed is we've all been in battle spaces or not even j- just on bases and stations around the world, uh, joint staffs, co-located, anything else. And the other fascination that actually the services have with how fanatic the Marines celebrate their birthday. One, the other services want the invite to the birthday party. Oh, absolutely. Because they know it's going to be the birthday party. Uh, wherever Marines are stationed on embassies around the world, they host a birthday celebration that everyone in the nation wants a ticket to the Marine party that they're throwing on. And I truly do believe that since 1775, it is... Everything that is written in the three stanzas of the Marines' hymn, 
that is the only service song that has the words fight or fought in all three of them and tells basically the battle history of the U.S. Marine Corps. Um, when you have veterans from Chosun, you have veterans from Tarawa, you have everything else who have seen certain levels and have bonded in certain things, there is just this electric feeling of every generation. And the Marine Corps birthday every year is the most electric event that draws every generation, regardless of who they were, regardless of their differences, regardless of the times that we have going on now where we may have other generations <coughs> not saying that, you know, you know, we don't agree with this or we don't agree with this or why are we offloading these certain aspects or why are we doing this? Come November, every single one of those people put all that aside. They all come together and they really do – it is a brother and a sisterhood that I believe is when shown – it is the best recruiting thing aside from a uniform that the American public identifies with. It is people see that. Even when they're civilians, people see this time of year, the Internet blows up and we can't even make posts, right? Because the Marines are going to take over the Internet to do this, and then they want to know why. And then even in the United States, in the most remote little hamlets in America – there will be six or seven Marines of different generations that go to a VFW or something, and they say, we're going to do this celebration. And they're celebrating the heritage of Marines since then. They're not celebrating their specific time for the most part. They're celebrating, like I say, that fluoride in the water yeah. that has made <laughs> the Marines successful for that entire time period. Well, it's our major. It's, like, it's totally infectious, too, because for anybody who's been – either on MSG or anywhere around an embassy yes. internationally. I mean, it is marked on the calendar for the ambassador or the chief of mission or whomever there at the embassy or consulate. It is a huge deal. I mean, even in Dubai where everything is going on, the city shut down for the Marine Corps ball. Really? I mean, yes. The, wow. the consulate uh, – I mean, everybody was – I mean, it's VIP red carpet at the Burj Khalifa. Um, it's a huge deal. I mean, it is – it's a big deal. I mean, we had shakes. We had uh, – like I said, we had all of the diplomats, all of the uh, folks from all the different agencies, the heads that were coming out. And then we had the one down in Abu Dhabi as well, same thing. I mean, it is a big deal, and it's – it is the fluoride in the water, and you may not fully get it. It's like with fluoride, like – I'm just drinking water, but all of a sudden I've got strong teeth. My mm -hmm. gums are healthy. It's the same thing. Like, you're around Marines. Come November 10th, it's just something you do. Like, I, this is so exciting. It's so electric. I want to be a part of it. And, and, so, you, yeah. and you go to those embassies during, during the pandemic would be the greatest testament to this. It is almost like if you go on any base and station around America or around the world – that flag is going to go up in the morning, and it's going to come down regardless of what is going on. Regardless, there will be Marines that go out there and raise and lower that one. No one is watching. And even they could just sit in the building and go, there's nobody here but us. They'll never know. They will go out because they feel that responsibility to do that. During the pandemic, those embassies and everything else may not have thrown the wide-scale thing. But even in embassies and those hotspots that have five and six Marines, there are three or four Marines 
in the embassy that night on 10 November that is celebrating by cutting a cake and winging them, and they're walking it to post one, or they're doing whatever because they're not calling all the Marines off. And most people don't know the embassies look out for each other. So in years of non-pandemic stuff, if Paris or Dublin are doing that, it is such a big event that the regional coordinators yeah. will fly embassy Marines from one really? embassy to another yes. so those can stand the coast in Dublin to let the Dublin Marines yes. party for their ball, and then the Dublin Marines will fly to Paris to stand those posts yes. so that family can get together to have that. That's that is how important it is. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. No, that, uh, that, that mutual support, because the duty roster, the watch schedule is the watch schedule. Is paramount, it, too. It does, not, it does not. You can't take a break. Correct. Um, and so uh, that cannot be interrupted, but if you need to take people off post and give them time to themselves, you got to backfill them. And so that's where the uh, uh, again the regional coordination mm-hmm. goes on amongst those those embassies, and in some places, that's a challenge in itself. Sure, uh, West Africa, you know, the tyranny yeah. of distance, Absolutely. of flying from uh, you know Accra to uh, Ouagadougou is uh, mm-hmm. is a little bit of a challenge, <laughs> but they will make it happen. Uh, and it's uh, it, it's it's sort of the the commitment of our uh, of our extremist cult. From that fluoride in the water. What always impressed me are the what I'll call the um, uh, kind of the unorganized militias out there, um, <laughs> because you know it's when it's when it's near Jacksonville, when it's near Oceanside, when it's near Quantico, yeah. um, when it's when it's in Vegas, New Orleans. You know, there's there's a natural draw there, and there's a population of Marines, but. You know, when it's when it's the hinterlands and mm-hmm. places like, you know, Rome, New York mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, uh, you know, Billing, Hickory, North Carolina, Hickory, North Carolina, yep. you know, Philadelphia, Mississippi, on the on the uh, uh, the Indian territories in, in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, there are no Marine bases around there, but they're Marines, Marine yep. veterans parents families of marines and sometimes it's just in someone's backyard mm-hmm. but by god it happens every year and everybody in the neighborhood knows about it and say like, well why why are we having a party uh, you know today it's like oh that's bob was a marine this is marine corps birthday yeah. see the flag let's go over nice. and uh and, and pay our respects and have a beer and and eat some food on Bob. Uh, and, uh, right. and then, you know, if there happens to be a, a bar or a watering hole that can host it, I, you know, I think of, uh, you know, Patty's down on Route 610 mm-hmm. here and here in the, the Quantico Garrisonville area. That has become a major event, mm-hmm. annual event in and of itself, um, you know, complete with, uh, uh, you know, active or retired general officer, guest speakers, sergeants, yep. major, uh, uh, and, and Marines from all over this area and as far away as Boston, New York, Florida, the Carolinas, and who knew, right? Who knew? Who, who knew? knew? Well, if you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes, right. Some of this if is if you, know. if you know, you know, and if you have to ask, you may not ever know. So. Yeah. You may not want to know. <laughs> well, so what do you Marines have going on this year for the Marine Corps birthday? Anyone? Vic, what do you have going Vic? on? Um, well, uh, we've got the, um, I mean, natural capital region is, is, uh, one of the places mm-hmm. where it's a, it's sort of an epicenter. So, I mean, there's obviously the commandant's ball. There's all of the unit things going on. I will probably, um, on the actual birthday, which falls on a Saturday, Friday, is it Friday this year? 
the 10th. Friday. Yes, Friday, Friday the 10th. 10th. Um, I'll probably have cake uh, with my kids, and then we'll watch uh, Heartbreak Ridge. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Full metal nice. jacket, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but we'll have, we'll have cake with the kids. They love... They love the birthday balls. I've got um, pictures in my office of them and their little dress blues from when they were younger and stuff. They absolutely, because it's a cake day. That, yeah. They see it as the, daddy's birthday is the cake day. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, here at uh, here at the association, we, we do our annual cake cutting ceremony. We're, uh, we're actually doing that on the, on the 9th. Um, and uh, then on the 10th, uh, I mentioned, I mentioned Patty's, my father-in-law and I uh, have a, He's a retired Marine as well. Have a uh, have a tradition every year. We'll go there, and uh, and and that's that's about it for this year. No big ceremonies, uh, you know, for uh, for this particular season. But uh, at least that's the plan right now. Got to see what other uh, invitations yeah, we'll come happens. in and yeah. see what happens. You never know, right? All right. I will be bullshitting my way around the Americas. <laughs> it is there. What's new? It is, right? So uh, ball season for me started last week in Auburn and Tuskegee, speaking to those two mm-hmm. universities. Uh, and a phenomenal time speaking to those naval ROTC midshipmen that are down there, especially in today's day and age with what they're seeing on the horizon sure. as graduates yeah. or anything else coming out of there. And they're also... You know, there, there's not a lot of individuals that are out there now from the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq that are the MOIs or the EMOIs. Uh, you, you know, we, we ebb and flow through those. And so they have a lot of questions and, and they have a lot of things that are out there. And uh, then making my way over to the Amtrak Brothers uh, on the West Coast. Um, and also there's a phenomenal ball that is always hosted every year in Southern California called the Soldiers of the Sea Band of Brothers Ball. And it is an all-Marine, all-generation ball uh, where business leaders, people and all that come in together. Um, and they host. Uh, no Marine ever pays for a ticket. So... The Marines of the past pay for those of the present, and anybody that's still in uniform, whether it's 5th Marines, whether it's the Amtrak School, whether it's 3rd Tracks, whether it's LAR, it doesn't matter, they buy numerous round tables to host them and their families, and all of those business leaders come together to just say thank you. Thank you to the Marines, and a majority of the business leaders, and not only the community is, they are very successful individuals who have worn the uniform. So it's a phenomenal thing because it also shows those that are in uniform, the people who are out of uniform they can relate to that helps ease their transition and actually says, you know, generationally, here's all of us. We all wore that. We all did what you're doing and you will eventually be us. Right. And, Here's my card. Here's this. Let me help in that process. And that is a phenomenal way outside of the tamp and tap and the transition program of just the network of Marines out there that just says you're going to come up on some hard times just like you did in the Corps, but give me a call. And, and I found out during the birthday season and everybody else, it's really a great social time to get people who would never approach somebody with their problems in a festive environment to get to know who they are, how's your wife, how's your kids, and you will find out the information in your line of questioning will then lead you to the mentorship 
that the individual is looking for that they don't even need that you can provide just by saying, here's my card. Remember, if you need anything, just give me a call. Uh, so it's a phenomenal ball to go to, and that fills up November uh, for the most part. So we have the beginning of November, the end of November, and then back here in the National Capital Region doing National Capital Region stuff. And <laughs> what is your – what kind of theme – is there for the messages you're delivering this birthday ball season? And that's a great question. The, the, the message is simply this, regardless of what is going on outside of America or outside of the gates of that, if you, you can take, there is no question what the U.S. Marine Corps has provided, will provide, and the mission of the Marine Corps. And you don't have to get into the theory or the technicalities of the specific language in the National Command Authority of what the Marine Corps does to that. No, you are into the layman's terminology that 99% of America, of that age-old adage that says America wants a Marine Corps, doesn't need a Marine Corps, I think that every generation has to still reinforce to them why they want that. And the, uh, the theme of that is, if you take the three stanzas of the Marines' hymn, it is a blueprint of what the Marines have done for this nation, what the Marine Corps will continue to do for this nation. Uh, it, it doesn't talk about, you know, uh, like Colonel Woodbridge said, it doesn't talk about, and it's not putting it down, it doesn't talk about, you know, farewell to sweethearts, we sail with the break of day, and it doesn't, <laughs> and it do- doesn't talk about off we go into the wild blue yonder, and it doesn't talk about a lot of these other things that are here. It is violent, and it is as vicious of anything in its terminology, which relates to 248 years of why our nation has Marines, because they need people to do that. And they need uh, the Marine Corps to be the most ready when the nation is the least ready. And right now, I think we all kind of know with uh, everything that's going on out there with the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq that have depleted the war coffers, that has aged equipment, that has done that, when a lot of us older generation people are starting to say, uh, why are you telling us that this may be the, the most dangerous times? You know, they say you were in the, the cemetery fight in Najaf. That was dangerous. You were in the, every generation has had it, Way City. It, it doesn't matter. It goes all the way back to New Providence Island when guys are trying to assault beaches away from their home nation. This is what Marines do. But those targeted areas at that time that we had to go do things, America's being presented with a lot of different things that we call dealing with the horns of the dilemma of a lot of things coming at you at one time, and we are still a fighting force that has roughly not grown in size or decreased in size for a lot of period, and those Marines are going to be the first ones in every one of those fighting holes placed around there. And so that is the confidence that is out there. It is showing them this isn't just the love of a demented old man for his family. (laughs) It shows them strip all that emotion out there and you take the facts as they are based and make your own opinion. And this is why we come together to celebrate. This is why we honor that. We also reinforce to them that they are the finest fighting force on the face of this earth. And regardless if they are outgunned and outmanned in that, 
what people just don't understand is it's not about the ammunition. It's not about the tools and the equipment. The Marine is the deciding factor on the battlefield. Every, when you build this platform and bolt everything else on it, the, these other countries can come with us 20 to 1 odds. I'm here to tell you the Marine themselves makes up the fear factor that says, like in 1950, when we're inter intercepting radio transmissions from the Chinese, and they are saying, do not strike the Yellow Legs. Go around their positions and strike the U.S. Army. Well, the Yellow Legs were the Marines. And the reason the Chinese were saying that over that is because of the canvas leggings that <coughs> Marines wore were a different color of the green, and they found that they took tremendous amount of casualties whenever they assaulted those type of positions. So those radio transmissions said, bypass them, go around them and strike these individuals that are here. Well, it's the same thing in Haiti when they were saying, don't mess with the white, white sleeves. Bingo. Because the Marines had yep. their sleeves. The Marines on. in Afghanistan, exactly. yeah. don't hit the black diamonds. And why was that? Because the helmets that they wore, the NVG mounts was a black diamond on the front. And they said, do not strike the black diamonds. Go around to do this. And so that is, we're talking about 100 years right there between what Vic and I just said, from Haiti to um, the, the cold of Korea to the mountains of Afghanistan where foreign adversaries are constantly looking for ways in their battle plan to deter around Marine positions. And that is what the Marine Corps provides the nation. And that is the reinforcing fires that every birthday ball needs to be put into the next generation. That regardless of what they're hearing out there, your generation is weaker. This, that's all bullshit. Because every generation that's came before teases the other generation that they're not freaking hard enough or this. But warfare doesn't skip any generation in here. So we need to have the battle line as solid as it's ever been. And that's why I tell veterans and everybody else, when you're sitting, this sea story is awesome, right? This whole platform of sea stories. Because when you go to a legion of VFW or something, it's nothing but sea stories. Exactly. <laughs> it's all bullshit. Okay? It's all bullshit. Everybody's a veteran. Everybody's force whatever. Everybody's this, right? But they're all drinking beer and they're all doing this. But the one thing that the veteran population can do out there to be a force multiplier is when they invite the active duty people into there, even though when they're regaling them with sea stories, is tell them that you are still the baddest individual on this planet. Your generation is the, and we are proud of what you are doing. Not sit there and wank about how your generation was harder than the next generation, because we have a larger community of veterans. And when the younger ones hear the older ones, the, the chiefs of the village, saying, we admire what you're doing, thank you for carrying the torch, that is put into them that amplifies the combat power of that individual on the battlefield, even when the chips are down, they're going to say, this position will be held on my watch because I will not let down these generations who came before us. And that is the resounding theme on any ball that I talk in 2023 around the nation. Damn. Yeah. The tribe the tribe is big and the tribe is powerful. Yes. And the tribe embraces all those generations. 
um, to include the Marines who are doing it right here, right now. We have 26 Mu standing the watch, holding the line right now, uh, south of south of Gaza, and uh, I think uh, uh, General Smith cut to the chase and said it in a way that no one else has been able to say it. So if that Mew goes ashore and you try to interfere with them, someone else will raise your mm-hmm. children. That message, <laughs> that message, and that comes from from years of, of General Smith uh, as, a, as a grunt commander in Iraq, Afghanistan, how to communicate to potential adversary. Those young Marines, those youngest members of the tribe, will prove themselves exactly the same way all yeah. their all their forebears did and will celebrate them for it and will wish we were there with them. Yeah, yeah and, and I guess to echo all of those sentiments, uh, I'm much in the same vein as what you were saying, Sergeant Major, is like <clears throat> we have the, even within our core, we have multi-generations. You know, as a Gen Xer, mm-hmm. I had millennials under my charge and it was very easy for us grunge kids to look down and go these guys are soft man like what the hell but i've never been more impressed by a younger generation than our time in iraq and Mm -hmm. to see a kid 20 21 years old take on the level of responsibility perform in a way that was ferocious but yet humane Mm -hmm. A vicious but gentle, um, and to take on—I mean—to lead a squad of thirteen Marines as a twenty-one-year-old, and to take them outside the wire into a world that literally wants to kill them, and to perform in the way that they did—I've never been more impressed. When I was twenty-one years old, the most impressive thing I did was drink until six in the morning and then still make it to class. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And to have any and concept. here you are, Vic. It's good practice. Are. It's good practice. It, it explains a lot. Reps and sets, right? Reps yeah, and sets. Yeah, reps and sets. Um, and so just to put myself in their shoes. Um, and also, too, to remember that at the time that we were in Iraq, those Marines had just come off a of deployment where they were fighting with a lot of the same people, like fighting against mm-hmm. a lot of the same people that we were now fighting alongside. And so for them to go, for, for me to tell... Hey, Corporal Chapman, hey, Staff Sergeant Acosta, I need you guys, just the two of you, to take this Iraqi police out and show them how to do community policing. And you're, oh, you're going to live with them. And oh, I know six months ago, you're probably going to recognize a lot of these same mm-hmm. faces because they were shooting at you and you were shooting at them. But now they've come to, the, to our side and we got to teach them how to do this thing. And so I need you to do it. I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing yep. stuff. So anyways. So as we talk about those generations, you know, I think the next time we meet and have our, our Ton Tavern talk, we're going to have to uh, report back on uh, maybe a little bit of a, of a contest because, uh, you know, we know we, we give the oldest Marine and youngest Marine present to their, their first two bites of a birthday cake. And one of us is going to be at a ceremony, and that youngest Marine may have been born in 2004, <laughs> 2005. Yep. So, who's got the youngest Marine that they've that they've touched during this birthday season? Well, let's report back on that. I think I might I might have the winner, but uh, but we'll see. Nice. Because you know when you when you think back on where you were when they were born, uh, it's uh, well, it makes you feel 
that much older. <laughs> that's a that's a great challenge, and that that's a we we do have a time yep. crunch today, so that's a great way to wrap this up. Last thing, Nancy, just uh, as we head into the ball season, let's also uh, uh, all be uh, be very grateful that uh, General Smith yep. is uh, yep. is on the mend. Uh, uh, wish him a speedy recovery and a happy birthday. Yep, absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Marines, for joining me today for the the real deal, the Ton Tavern talks. Start collecting your sea stories. Get them ready for the next time we meet because I, I want to hear. I want to hear more. Yeah, yeah. This is so, going to happen. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Marines. Thanks, Jens. Thank you very it. much. A common axiom is that those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Another axiom is that we sweat in peace so that we don't bleed in war. Here at the Marine Corps Association, we fully understand both. That is why we offer through our professional development page on our website a comprehensive catalog of battle studies, tactical and ethical decision games, and war games to ensure that not only do we learn from the past, but we embrace the thoughts and decisions that influence the outcomes of some of the greatest actions of the Marine Corps. We have tools and techniques that will enhance both unit training as well as enable comprehensive self-study. Check out all that the Marine Corps Association has to offer on our website. Go to mca-marines.org forward slash professional dash development. That's mca-marines.org forward slash professional dash development. And get your reps and sets in. Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am William Truding. But you've also heard the voices or contributions of Vic Rubel, USMC Retired, Nancy Lichman, or Ty Frazier. The opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect the official stance of the Marine Corps, DOD, or Marine Corps Association.